You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gators Breakdown. The Gators Fan Podcast, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Early signing day is Wednesday, and we'll take a quick look at all the storylines. Heading into the big day as Florida looks to bring in the next crop of Gators. Before we do, remember you can find Gators Breakdown on newsforjacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Also, catch us on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. Hey, guys, and uh, you know this week's going to be jam-packed with early signing day coverage. Two more episodes uh, later on this week, so spread Gators Breakdown out there among Gator Nation. You know, I'll have Will Miles and Bill Sykes on this week, uh, so it'll be a fun, busy week uh, getting a few perspectives uh, to bring it all together here on Gators Breakdown, and you can find us on social media as well at uh, on Twitter and Facebook, at Gators Breakdown. So you can stay up to date on the later on the latest Gators Breakdown release. Uh, you can probably hear it in my voice a little bit, kind of under the weather, uh, but I'm going to get a little short episode here and then kind of preview uh, early signing period before it uh, comes about us on Wednesday. <clears throat> so uh, bear with me with the, with the voice. Uh, luckily, uh, we're sick over the weekend, but uh, we'll get it. Uh, I'll power through it. Luckily, uh, it's not going to affect uh, later on this week. I'm going to be all busy and I'm be. You know, fully healthy by the time the Peach Bowl rolls around, rolling up in there uh, to Atlanta for uh, the game versus Michigan. But, of course, this past weekend, big visits this past weekend on campus at Florida. Trey Sanders, of course, big-time five-star running back at IMG. Uh, down, you know, Florida, Bama, Georgia, Texas, all somehow, some way, according to who you talk to, all feel good about getting uh, the five-star running back there. Visited Florida with his family, uh, of course, Umstead, his brother on campus already. Uh, on the team, spent some time with him, brought the whole family. Uh, you could tell how happy mom was in the pictures with the family. Uh, Dad even put on a Gators uniform. Uh, had some kids in pictures too. Uh, probably, you know, uh, we'll see little, some family members there. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, good time had by the family. And like I said, Florida feels good. Bama feels good. Georgia feels good. Uh, Texas has an outlier out there feels good as well. There's some, some reports out there uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, Texas could even be in this. So I don't know how how serious to take that one uh, there, but uh, I wouldn't throw them completely out. But I, I think it's a Florida-Bama battle first and foremost. I do think Georgia made some way last week as well. So it's going to be interesting on Wednesday to see how it all plays out with, with, with the uh, five-star here. Be Florida's first five-star if they can pull him in since a uh, consensus five-star, composite 24-7 five-star since Martez Ivy, C.C. Jefferson uh, back in 2015. So you know, even more so, Trey Sanders, kind of more for perception uh, as well as getting a great elite skill player <laughs> on the field. Also about perception uh, of being able to recruit the elites uh, to Florida right now. Also uh, this past weekend, four-star defensive tackle. This, hopefully, I can get this right here, Siaki Apu Ika. 
Uh, from Salt Lake City, Utah, defensive tackle there, like I said, really impressed him and his family as well. He brought the whole family on, on the campus of Gainesville uh, as well. Gave them a lot to think about. Uh, LSU's the main competition here. Uh, so far, we'll be fighting it out for LSU for, for uh, uh, Ika's, uh, that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, well, I've heard call, call him Apu, so we'll call him Apu. Um, you know, LSU will be the main battle there, of course. Uh, maybe Oregon and Utah, the home, hometown Utah Utes as well there, but uh, he was really, really impressed with Florida. Florida rolled out the red carpet for him as well this past weekend. So they did Trey Sanders. He is a big priority uh, there to, to get him on campus, a big fit at defensive tackle with what the Gators want to do, uh, and really, really impressed his family. He came away really impressed with Florida uh, when it was all said and done uh, from, from what I was told. So that's going to go down to the wire as well between Florida and LSU, mostly here and uh, we'll look for his services uh, as well when he, he'll, he will commit early uh, on in the early signing period as well on Wednesday. So that's another guy to look out for uh, as Florida makes way here. Another uh, four-star out of Lakeland, part of that Lakeland trio, offensive guard Diave Hammond, part of that Lakeland group uh, that the Gators want to bring in, of course. Should be a Gator um, based off of everything we've kind of been hearing and been told. Uh, from this past weekend, so big, big time at, at a position of need, uh, getting a four-star offensive lineman in the fold. Uh, see, we'll see how it plays out on, on Wednesday. There, of course, I don't know how much the Summerall Zipperer recruitments play into his decision. I think he'll be a Gator either way, no matter what those guys decide to do. Yeah, but, but looking for, for Hammond to be a Gator on Wednesday. Uh, good visit there this past weekend as well. Uh, all these guys that I just mentioned, um, Sanders, uh, Apuika. And uh, Deave Hammond all were in town with the commits uh, that were Chester Kimbrough, Deontay Marks, Dewan Black, Jadon Hill, Naquan Wright, also all on campus this past weekend. Uh, Chester Kimbrough, nothing to worry about there. He's going to be a Gator Wednesday. Deontay Marks as well. Um, they're, you know, they have shut it down completely. They're going to be Gators. Uh, Dewan Black also, as I mentioned, on campus this past weekend, he will not sign early. Uh, Gators are going to wait on his test scores to see uh, you know, if he'll qualify academically to get into Florida. So he'll be one of those February guys we'll have to wait around on. Nothing to worry about there as far as him going anywhere else as far as uh, big-time schools. If it doesn't work out, you know, maybe prep school, JUCO, something like that. Uh, but Dewan Black, the test scores come back good. You know, he'll be a Gator when it's all said and done uh, there. So <clears throat> away from uh, the campus, away from Florida, news from this past weekend as well. The Lakeland duo, of course, I mentioned Summerall, uh, Lloyd Summerall, Keon Zipperer visited Miami this past weekend. And, you know, you're going to hear, you know, they visited Miami this past weekend. You're going to hear a whole lot of, you know, Miami talk coming out of that visit. Uh, while, you know, Zipperer did look happy, social media posting pictures and all that, you know, Miami is the biggest threat for him. Uh, if him and Summerall are, are not quite the package deal some think they could be, it would be because I think Zipper would be going to Miami. I think he'll be a Gator when it's all said and done. Uh, but you know, that, that worry, that visit to Miami is the worry there. Summerall, um, yeah, I think, took the visit just because it was already scheduled. And I think pretty much, uh, you know, I know he gave an interview. His mind's not made up yet. Uh, still think he'll choose Florida Wednesday as well. Their defensive lineman, Derek Hunter, Crystal balls started flowing in this past weekend from Texas A&M uh, to the you know to Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher out there currently committed to Florida State. Not many people think he hangs on to to that commitment. Most think it's a Texas A&M Florida battle. Some out there think the the Texas A&M chatter is from his father's side and not necessarily him. 
So we'll see where that goes uh, Wednesday as well when he makes his decision. So that's a storyline uh, to watch out there coming up for Wednesday is Derek Hunter. A lot of those, those recent floods of crystal balls that Texas A&M may not be too much of an indication uh, there, but it does let you know Texas A&M is, is a threat here <clears throat> uh, as we head into Wednesday here. Uh, big news that came out kind of late Sunday night, early Monday, is Chris Steele took an unexpected visit to USC uh, over the weekend. If you guys listened to me just a week ago, and I, uh, I put the episode uh, out kind of previewing recruiting just a little bit, um, USC was the school because his parents want him to stay close to home was the school that still worried me the most. Now, was this time type of visit to kind of appease the parents, give one last look to the in-town the in -town school, the, the school you were committed to at one point, uh, to kind of make the parents happy, give it one last look? You know, I, I can see that. Um, but also, it's still a worry because we know at one point he liked them so much that he committed to them. Decommitted, a lot of people thought Florida was the next school in line to, to get his services. And look, he'll make his decision Wednesday. We won't be able to find out until January 5th when he announces publicly at an All-Star game. But that's definitely going to be one to keep an eye on since he's coming off that USC visit. I still think Gator in the end as well for him. But you know, the, the doubt, the threat is there from the USC uh, side of things. Uh, Brandon Dorless, uh, once he decommitted from, ten, uh, from Virginia Tech, was thought to be a shoe-in for Florida, now getting crystal balls to Oregon after a visit there. I think the question is, will he really go that far from home uh, there, just being right down the road uh, from Gainesville? Uh, the Gators want him. Dan Mullen really likes him. They've sold him on that already after, after his visit to Florida. Uh, so had a teammate commit to Oregon recently, so that, I think that's kind of why. Uh, some thought there was crystal balls as well on the 24-7 sports network that were uh, putting doorless uh, to, to, to Oregon. I think the question, as I mentioned, is will he really go you know, all the way cross country? You know, crystal ball has that Florida pool, been able to pull some guys to, to go all the way from Florida to Oregon. Uh, but many think out there that doorless, uh, you know, won't, won't really, and when it's all said and done, won't really take the trip from Florida out to California. So, yeah, early signing period, a couple of days away now. i uh, recording this on Monday. And we got about two days left. Uh, it's gonna be a, uh, you're going to hear a lot of stuff these next couple of days about where guys are going, where they're not going, who feels good, who doesn't feel good, who's got sources, who doesn't have sources. Everything's going to be out there. You know, it's a dead period right now. Uh, there won't be much communication out there, so you're going to hear a whole lot, of, uh, whole lot of rumors out there. So, you know, just keep your head on the swivel. Uh, don't believe everything you hear. Uh, and uh, just we'll, we'll wait till Wednesday uh, here. But as of now, you know, Florida has 18 prospects committed for the 2019 class. For, uh, so 17 are planning to sign on Wednesday, as mentioned earlier. The one black will be signing in February as long as the test scores and grades are up to par for, for UF standards. And as we record here on this Monday, before the early signing period starts, and the Gators class ranks 21st on the 24-7 sports composite, 10th in the SCC. And the Gators will definitely rise in the rankings on Wednesday. But, of course, the question is, just how much? <coughs> and I, still think, uh, I still think the Gators get the Lakeland Trio uh, here, going back to that. You know, Zip, Summerall, Hammond, you know, that gets the Gators up to, to, to the number of 20 for early signing day. That's to if they get all the commits uh, there that are signing early, get these three guys that get the Florida, that gets Florida up to 20. Uh, then the more questionable guys, that's in Trey Sanders, Derek Hunter, Brandon Dorless, Apuika, you know, get 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 all five, and then that, that gets the Gators uh, to, to up to 25 signees. 
And look, that would be a great haul to pull all, that, all, all those guys in. No idea how all that plays out right now. Uh, then look, there's Chris Steele out there as well. I mentioned the trip to USC, and while he's signing on Wednesday, it will not be announced until January 5th uh, at an All-Star game. Uh, you get him, and that, that, that puts the number to 26 if you get all these guys uh, there. If you want to go ahead and count the one black, because it's pretty safe that he's, to say he's going to be a Gator when it's all said and done, uh, that gets the Gators to, 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 to 27. Uh, so, you know, that'd be a great finish uh, and a really good class when it's all said and done. I don't, I don't think it quite gets there, but there is the possibility. Uh, I've maintained the, the entire time. Uh, I didn't think this class would be, would be top 10. If you, if you want to put a number on it, uh, there's the possibility it could end up there, uh, and I'll be pleasantly surprised if it does. You know, I don't really want to harp on a ranking so much uh, as to, you know, what position did you, uh, you know, comparing it to, you know, what positions did you get? And, and filling needs and where you finish relative to the competition you face every year. That's, that's one of the more important things uh, you know, there when you, when you look at the rankings and what we'll be looking at uh, Wednesday night uh, when, when we kind of review uh, you know, what, what the Gators get. You know, getting stars and getting elites matter. You guys know I believe in that. I, I harp on it a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, but I guess I, I tempered my expectations for this class to begin with. Now, you know, this... this uh, this has to be the last class where this is a case of, of not filling a class with some of the top players in the nation and the state of Florida. You know, results on the field are there. Uh, there is a, a lot of tap talent uh, in, in Gator-friendly areas coming up, and, and there's already a good base to start with the uh, 2020 and 2021 classes. So, you know, it's okay to get excited about, about those classes while acknowledging that, you know, the, the, that class is still a year away. And I don't want to look forward too much and want to still concentrate on the 2019 class. That could still be a pretty good class. You know, we'll see how it all, how it all plays out before we get too overly critical here, there. But, you know, with the, the whole California strategy early and trying to make a nationwide uh, approach, I think that put this class a little behind. And, uh, you know, they could finish with a bang. Uh, they could not. Uh, there, but still some good pieces, still some things to build around uh, for this Gators program in, in dealing with this class, and um, you know how we uh, how, how we how, how we gauge it when, it when it's all said and done. And uh, talking about gauging, I did want to gauge the fan base here uh, and get your expectations heading in to early signing period. Now that uh, all the visits are, are are wrapped up, let's get it started with a wise old guru at Guru Ten Thirty Nine there. Uh, Mr. T reference here with a gif talking about pain. He's talking about pain for our in-state rivals, and of course, you know, we're more, mostly talking about Miami and FSU there, and how they'll how they'll finish. We've seen some decommitments in the Miami class, some flips from the Miami class uh, along the offensive line that, that has went towards Florida, uh, FSU. Maybe reeling a little bit after the the, the, the uh, season they had, and what happens with the with Howell, the quarterback, uh, visiting you know North Carolina late uh, on Sunday. They may be losing their top quarterback commit in this class. So yeah, <clears throat> it could be when it's all said and done, the Miami and FSU are kind of picking up the pieces on on signing day and trying to scrounge some pieces up for for, for their class. We'll see we'll see how it plays out there. But yeah, uh, it would be nice to see. Uh, Florida kind of take a stranglehold on, on in-state recruiting and FSU and Miami uh, having to uh, kind of go through what Florida's went through in, uh, in the last few years <laughs> on the recruiting trail. At uh, uh, Red Top, Dread Top here, because I'm just praying that we end up in the top 15 by the end of the day. If we don't get at least that, then I see no chance of us even sniffing top 10 when it's all said and done. Yeah, you know, when, he, when he's talking about when it's all said and done, remember this is kind of just the first step. 
uh, and you know, Florida will get a majority of their class here in the early signing period. Uh, but you still have to wait till February, and, and some targets there, you know, mainly Kyer Elam uh, there that the Gators will be looking for uh, in February too. Uh, so you know, some big-time targets that are going to wait until this, but the you know, early signing period will be a big, will go a long way in, in determining what type of class Florida will be bringing in here um, when you know when you get all the final signees uh, back there or going forward in February. Uh, let's see, Chase Comus uh, says I expect uh, I expect to land the Lakeland kids. I think we signed Steel. I feel Sanders is a toss-up at this point. At the end of this, I want guys that are all in and want to be Gators. So, yeah, of course, everybody's going to be looking out for the, the Lakeland kids still. We'll just kind of have to wait till January to figure out there. Sanders is definitely a toss-up. Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Texas. Kevin Kuzma at Chips and uh, Queso. Um, I expect to be satisfied but not wowed. Uh, that's kind of think uh, it's kind of probably where I'm leaning a, a whole lot too. I, I do like the pieces. I do like where Florida's going into the, in the defensive backfield potentially along the offensive line uh, as well. You got brought another quarterback into the mix there. Dan Willen has definitely transformed that position since he's been here. Uh, maybe can be wild if you, you end up with uh, you know, some of the big top targets we've talked about here and Trey Sanders and uh, Siaki, uh, Siaki Ika there. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out there. But you, you're going to have to get you know, the Lakeland Trio, Sanders, Apu, and, and finish with a bang uh, to wow a lot of fans out there. Uh, at Unbiased UF says, Certainly the most clueless I've felt about any signing day. I've lost hope for a top 10 class, though. I think we finished around the same as last year. Yeah, and you, know, you can bring up, a lot of people expect an improvement from year one to year two, and especially, you know, you've had a lot more time to visit recruits. You've had a lot more time to, well, of course, you know, the whole thing coming into the season was showed on the field, and that would really help recruiting. And we, we tried to temper that expectation as much as we could here on Gators Breakdown, saying the on-field results may not necessarily help this 2019 class a whole lot. It would help future classes, and that's kind of the way it's trending right now. I do think it has helped a little bit. Uh, but not to the effect of what many thought. Many, I mean, look, a 9-3 season is good. You had a big win at, you know, versus LSU at home. Uh, it didn't like that big spark to where Florida was going to you know, make a run at the top five. Uh, it was going to be very hard with the, how slow Florida started on the trail to ever get that high there. So you know, I think the on-field results do help, but for more 2020-2021 and not necessarily uh, you know, this, this coming up class here. Now, Heavy Metal Gator says, my expectations are to address needs in this class. I feel it would be a good class, not great. My expectations would be much higher for future classes, considering success Mullen will continue to have on the field. So there we go. It just kind of fell into uh, what I just discussed there. So uh, the Swamp Thing, need to lock down what we have and put off, pull off a surprise or two if we hope to be inside the top ten. And, you know, look... It, of course, I know top 10. This kind of seems to be the magical threshold uh, that we put there. Uh, Bill Sykes, like I said, I'll, we'll have him on later this week. He's, the way he's kind of looked at it and kind of forecasting how teams will finish, he, you know, say, he says 7 to 12 will kind of be lumped in altogether. The, the numbers will be really close there. So, you know, while I know, yes, it's nice to say you have a top 10 class and it's definitely better to have a top 10 class than not have one, you know, the... the you know, it, it, when you're that close in talent and numbers, you know, coaching will eventually take over at some point. It's where do you finish among 
teams in your conference and how far are you behind Alabama and LSU and Georgia. Those are the key things that we, we kind of have to look for when it's all said and done here. Uh, Josh Emery, uh, such a hard prediction under a new coach. I'm honestly in the dark on this one. I feel it would be a good day, though. Yeah, and that kind of seems to be the common thought there. And, and I've seen some uh, fans talk about this on social media a lot. Is Not as much as getting out as what we kind of noticed uh, with Dan Mullen and his staff in dealing with recruiting as much as what we heard from the last staffs uh, as much. And I think there's some truth to that. And a lot of it's also because, hey, look, we're going after big prospects again. And this this is kind of what happens there. The big prospects don't tend to to get get out so much where they're where they're going. Let it get out that I mean, look, Trey Sanders is the perfect uh, example. Kyrie Elam's the perfect example. We don't know where those guys are going to go, and that happens a lot with the big time prospects there. So, I think in, in big boy recruiting, big time recruiting, when you're going after these big athletes, these big time guys, these big time stars. When you come down to signing day and they're making their decision, you're going to be left in the dark until, you know, until of course those guys announce or, uh, and all that good stuff. So I think that that is part of it is, you know, Jim McElwain, a lot of the time, one of his class settled, he went after guys he could easily bring in. And we, we, we knew, and you're kind of seeing that a little bit with the early signing period because that just changes some things as well. Uh, but, you know, McElwain settled. Mullen's not settling a whole lot in, in, uh, in this class and still going after the big names. So that's why I think there's so, why we feel so like we're left in the dark compared to the, the, the past staffs here. Now, C3 uh, at uh, C3C Marxed says it all hinges on what happens with the Lakeland Trio. Yeah, you know, and, and I've kind of said that to and talking to people today on social media. And then when I put this out, I went back and forth with a, with a couple of you out there. And the, the Lakeland guys and, and Trey Sanders, don't get me wrong, it, it is important because they're so good. You want them on the field. But it's also important for perception of Florida. Yeah, we know about the 2020 start and, you know, how Florida's doing good there. But it's also, you can send the message if you somehow you know, pull out the five-star and Trey Sanders and get the guys that you're supposed to, many think you're supposed to get in this Lakeland trio uh, as well as Zipper or Summerall and Hammond there. So a lot of this is perception as well. Go get those guys, and it kind of sends a message that, you know, hey, look, Florida is on on the rise in in recruiting rankings. This class may not be where it's supposed to be, but they finish with a flurry after a slow start. And, of course, things to look out for or a team to look out for in the future here. Peter Quinn. Uh, says, seems Gators have lost a lot of steam since the flips of the two linemen from Miami. Most are saying Sanders even considering UF despite his visit. Still confident we cracked the top 10, and that was a question mark. Um, I always saw this class around 10 to 12 uh, anyway, especially after that slow start. Uh, I do think there is some credence to um, needing to show it on the field a little bit, but as I said, uh, I kind of limited how much that would help. So that's one reason I couldn't put this class into a top 10 uh, ranking. I wasn't sure how good the on-field results would be anyway. So that's why I never really dove into to the, to that theme of thinking too much. Also, I do think there is some relationship building from especially a lot of in-state kids where Florida was not the school uh, that was first and forefront of their mind. You had Florida State who basically come off uh, some of their best years. You had Miami under Rick who was recruiting very well. You've, you've had Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama coming here and Actually, with this class as well, still picking your best state talent here. 
that has to change coming up soon, and that's going to take some time to change. I think we kind of see it slowly. We're starting to hear some rumblings that a lot of these more of these top tier prospects are considering Florida, are looking at Florida, and that also as I go back there, it says you know, he said this. It seems the Gators have lost a lot of steam. Well, I mean, not really. I mean, none of these guys that Florida had been bringing in these last couple of visit weekends, they were never going to commit. They had a timeline set. And would we have liked to see Florida wow them so much they'd come out of those visits committed? Absolutely. But it was never really in those guys' plans to come out of these visits committed. And, you know, we can talk about silence all we want to. I don't put much stock into it. Um, Mohamed Diabadi, a Florida commit, says some, some silence happened. We'll see. We'll, we'll see how it plays out on Wednesday. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of just, just kind of how I, I see it there. I wouldn't put too much stock in the guys uh, not committing you know, these last couple uh, visit weekends. Uh, one of the best Twitter names out there, uh, Felipe Franks, talking about uh, you know, kind of the fake Felipe Franks here <laughs> and the way he spells it. So pretty good uh, pre pretty good uh, play on words there. So elite recruiters never have sub-top 10 classes. Mullen is not an elite recruiter. He is an elite developer of talent. We all need to trust the process. The strategy with the O-line is brilliant. Numbers and continuity are the key. This will be the best offensive line in three years. Definitely putting up some numbers there for the offensive line, a position that we know Florida needs to improve on. They improved it so much with coaching this past season, uh, now trying to get a, a talent influx as well. Part of it, Hevesy's type of guys, and overall just better talent uh, coming in as well. Um, you know, it, it's, Mullen is not known as an elite recruiter right now. Can he develop that reputation at Florida? If he keeps winning, I think he can. Uh, keep, you know, with the positive mojo that's out there around the Florida program, I think that helps. Uh, but we'll see when it's all said and done. Um, you know, before Mullen calls it a career at Florida, for however long that may be, if he can be kind of come known as a better recruiter or an elite recruiter. Uh, Ken Tillery says, I think we land Sanders, Steele, Elam, and somewhere off for starters. Hoping to land more big gets with those two. Uh, some fans, you know, feeling good out there. I, I don't blame them. It, it is a good time. To be excited, uh, Kyle Walker says if we missed out on Trey Sanders, it once again shows UF has failed to get a foot in the door at IMG. Yeah, I mean, IMG is one of those funny schools Florida hasn't really been able to take advantage of. Uh, there are many point out, you know, when, when's the last time you've seen an IMG guy come out and, and really blow the doors off, uh, you know, in college football? Uh, we'll, you know, we'll kind of see there. I think Trey Sanders is one of those special guys there. Uh, can really take advantage of a, of a running back of his caliber. That would be a good fit at Florida in the way Florida runs the ball. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it would be nice to see Florida be able, with, with all the recruits that come out of IMG, it would be nice to, to go in there and, and, and get a big-time five-star prospect. And a couple more here before we go. Justin Wilkins says, number one, I think everybody in Twitterland needs to needs a heavy dose of melatonin to calm themselves over the next few days. Florida would get who they get, and as long as the coaches are confident, I will be confident in who they take. I understand that blue chips are who you get to get to the big show, but it takes time to build trust in a coach's process once he takes over a program that has been in a tailspin since Tebow. Hard to sell the future in one season after watching that awful offense for all those years. If they want to be Gators, then I am happy. Go Gators. And I can see plenty agreeing and subscribing uh, to that thought as well. Pretty much like I said, that's why I didn't expect a <laughs> big class, big top ten uh, top five classes go around is because I do think a lot of that, what Justin says there, holds a lot of weight.
there. So a couple couple more thoughts here. Getting Sanders would be huge. Don't expect him to sign with us, even though with all the family uh, all for Florida, eventually the Gators need to start getting these caliber of players to compete with Bama and Georgia. I would love to be wrong on that prediction. Uh, Hudat, Gator, 228. Uh, all is well with me. Depth on O-line, linebacker, and DB is nasty as long as they all sign. If we can get Summerall and Ika, I'll be uh, okay with the defensive line. I'll fill all these needs this year and get them with Savage. Next year, we will get the skill position, a top, a finish top five. Mullen is off to a quick start. Uh, last thought here. Uh, something is holding us back. We had the monster on-field success, so that, that's not it. Could it be facilities? Could it be we're not offering enough gift bags <laughs> up front like Alabama and Georgia? Uh, could it be we aren't selling them on being taken care of afterwards like Oregon? I think all that holds credence, uh, a lot of those thoughts there. Uh, as we said, don't feel success. We've we've dove into that. We can move past that a little bit. Facilities, little maybe a little bit. Uh, you know, I have a, I don't know. That's when I go back and forth on. It can this way. Facilities might can play a little bit of difference when everything else is equal, and that could be a a, a tiebreaker somewhere along the way. I don't know. I don't think it plays that big of a huge part, but I think it can play somewhat uh, of a part. Could it be we're not offering enough gift bags up front like Bama and Georgia? I'll admit, that's part of it. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, that's what happens in big-time college football. Not naive enough to uh, do, don't believe uh, that, you know, yes, it happens. It, it absolutely happens. But there, leave it at that. Uh, so that's big boy college football for you. So all the thoughts out there, thank you, thank you very much uh, for sending in those tweets. Uh, a lot of fans excited for what we're going to get uh, here in National Signing Day and Gators Breakdown definitely will have you covered here. And so some uh, more news over the weekend. Uh, Gators get 2020 commit from safety. Rashad Torrance from, from Mariota, Georgia. Always nice to pull the kid from Georgia that has offers. I mean, it's a big-time offers, guys, here. Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame. Hey, look, there's the college football playoff teams there uh, he's getting offers from, as well as Oregon, Penn State, Stanford, and more. Uh, six foot, 195-pound gives uh, – uh, you know, safety there gives Florida the seventh commit for the 2020 class in a class ranking of third right now. So off to a good start for that class that can hopefully pull some more top elite talent. Uh, one commit that may rise in the rankings is athlete Kevon Lee, um, who really showed out uh, running back as a top performer at the 2020 Recruits Legend Showcase All-Star Game. Uh, was one of the people who were there who wowed everybody. Uh, physical type of runner. Uh, can also make some people miss. Had a nasty spin move uh, in that game as well. So, Kevon Lee, tell you what, that's a, that's one you may see rise in the rankings. Already highly rated, uh, but maybe maybe when it's all said and done, even even higher. Maybe you know, around that top 50 range uh, there. You know, hopefully <clears throat> when that 2020 class rolls around. So let's see. Uh, before I go here, uh, the Gators had some open uh, uh, open to the public practices this past weekend as well uh, in preparation for the bowl game versus Michigan. Uh, Felipe Franks has continued to look good uh, in the same fashion that he ended the season with versus FSU, uh, hitting some downfield passes and, and showing much more confidence and poise as he just gets more comfortable in this offense. Uh, Emory Jones, uh, plenty, plenty, the plenty of work uh, as well, and we expected that with these early practices that that tend to to help develop you know, the younger players in bowl season. Uh, he's been up and down, uh, some really good throws at, at times, but still shows that inconsistency. Uh, while being you know, in limited reps behind Franks most of the year up until now. Uh, now he shows he can make up for that at times with his legs, and uh, that is still a threat he has over all the quarterbacks on the roster. 
uh, made numerous scrambles that resulted in some good gains for the offense. And uh, the offensive line uh, have seen Stone Forsyth get some time uh, in on the first and second team left tackle spot, and he's done uh, pretty well. You know, look for him to kind of maybe shore up that spot once uh, Ivy leaves. Uh, so Stone Forsyth getting a lot of playing time there, uh, especially strong in the run game. <clears throat> Speaking of the run game here, uh, both freshmen. Uh, running backs, Damian Pierce, Iverson Clement, uh, shown potential to be big contributors next season. And look, we already knew that about Pierce, uh, of course. But I've, I've liked Clement there as well you know, from going back to a year ago and, and his recruitment. But uh, running back depth has hurt his playing time. He got moved to defense at one time this part of the year in the secondary when Florida was looking for some numbers, but that was quickly kind of a race when Florida got some guys back. And you know we saw him play in uh, the Idaho game. Uh, at running back there. So uh, going to the defense uh, before we go here, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, looked good in his, um, you know, he's going to be looking good in his final few weeks as a Gator here, enjoying uh, the bold, bold practices and, you know, being involved in a lot of plays. Uh, but it's been, you know, his fill-in, Amari Bernie, that has, has brought it these practices and also cornerback Trey Dean, who's proving that he can may fill in just fine at that third cornerback spot next season. Uh, good coverage. Uh, on Florida wide receiver so far, him and Trevon Grimes, I've been having fun jawing back and forth uh, these practices there, and you know, ones uh, the jawing back and forth lasts a pretty good bit after a play or so, but minute going back and forth and joking with each other. So, but uh, it's it's nice to see the players having some fun out there, out there for these, these practices. Christmas music's playing, uh, they're interacting with the fans, and even even get to uh, see some position changes, uh, some position change fun. Uh, at the end of practice here, you know, nothing serious, of course. Uh, you got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Vashawn Joseph are out there taking handoffs. Uh, P. Ryan is rushing into the backfield, laying the wood, uh, playing some defense. Crawls lining up at defensive end. You know, so so, so good on Dan Mullen to, to let the guys have fun while they can before they really start prepping for Michigan here in the next few days and um, get ready for the for the Peach Bowl. Uh, some rumors going around out there that Michigan may be short even more players that are going to sit out in, in preparation for the NFL draft. Uh, we already know where Sean Gary is. Uh, we'll see uh, the, the rumor. The big rumor is Higdon, the running back, may be sitting out uh, there. Maybe Devin Bush as well. Uh, so we'll see. I know Higdon's the name I've seen the most that people think he may not be uh, playing. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they, they announce that. Uh, maybe just Harbaugh playing some gamesmanship and uh, if those guys aren't playing, we may not find out till day of uh, the game here. So, what well, we have the rest of the week coming up here on Gators Breakdown. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter all day on Wednesday for the start of the early signing period. I'll be tweeting and, and probably doing a, a couple of live periscopes throughout the day. Uh, and then Wednesday night, I'll have Will Miles on to review the day. And then Bill Sykes will join me Thursday morning. Uh, not sure the release schedule of putting episodes out so close together, but with Bill... It'll be out no later than Friday morning, but more than likely, we'll just go ahead and, and roll with it. Uh, Will, Wednesday night, Bill, sometime on you know Thursday morning, we'll get all those episodes out, so you will have plenty, plenty early signing day coverage here on Gators Breakdown. I know it's an exciting time uh, for Gator fans out there to kind of figure out who the Gators are getting, what went right, what went wrong, and uh, kind of looking forward of what these guys can do on the field. You know, some of our favorite players. And, you know, the storylines of the day, of course, will be following the, the, the Lakeland Trio storyline and, and uh, Trey Sanders is the top two storylines, I think, uh, for the Gators um, uh, on Wednesday for the early signing period, the start of the early signing period. You know, had that, had that three days, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Most guys will go ahead and make their decision on Wednesday uh, there. So 
you know, not much to look forward to on Thursday, Friday, uh, but you know, Wednesday kind of everybody labeling it the early signing day, but it is a signing period uh, that Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that's what we'll have coming up here uh, on Gators Breakdown, um, and it's going to be a whole a whole lot of fun with getting together with Will and Bill and uh, getting their thoughts uh, for this 2019 class. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.